Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show, everybody. As you can see, I do have the new Gulag America shirt that they've made for the show. A little bit about them in just a second. Today, we will be talking about Sidney Powell, Trump's lawyer, who was recently given her sentencing and was charged as well as new aid to the wars that we decided to fund in Israel and Ukraine. And then finally, we'll talk about the speakership a little bit and my thoughts on Matt Gates and Jim Jordan. Really quick, first, a word from our sponsor, Gulag America. Guys, the shirt is here. The Josh Carr shirt, the Josh Carr Show shirt is here, made by, let me pull it over. Oh, sorry, I bumped the mic. Gulag America. This is the first long sleeve shirt that I've owned of theirs. It's really nice. As I've talked about before, I don't own Gulag America. It's not my company. Uh, it's simply just a sponsor of the show, and they've made some Josh Carr show stuff. If you go to their website right now, gulagamerica.com, and you go to uh, the uh, the affiliate portion, you will see the Josh Carr show there. Again, I am donating half of all of the revenue from that to Israel, uh, to different medical charities who are helping on the ground there. Um, if you use my code JoshCar10 as well, you get, you will get 10% off for the whole Gulag America store. So please go check them out. Again, the mark of a, a good shirt is the collar. And one thing I love about Gulag America shirts is the collar are always crisp. They're not wrinkling. Uh, that's why I partnered with them. They're fantastic. Again, use my code JoshCar10. You'll get 10% off there uh, at gulagamerica.com. With that, guys, we're going to be talking first about Sidney Powell. The name of the game is distraction. We've talked about this before. And I'm going to run some numbers and show you what I mean by a distraction because, and I never would have predicted this, and I will own up to it. Donald Trump might actually pull out the 2024 election as it looks right now. We're almost a year out, and things are starting to look a lot better for him. Now, a lot can happen in a year, so I'm simply talking about today. But they need to distract. And the greatest new distraction is that of Sidney Powell, who is Trump's lawyer. Now, basically, she's being charged in a Georgia court over what happened with election interference. Um, how do I know that this was a distraction, you might ask? This is why. So Sidney Powell was tried by a liberal judge, and she pleaded guilty. Okay, She pleaded guilty on a very low charge. The charge was that she would be on probation, that she would pay $6,000, and that she would write an apology letter to Georgia which I think that last part is kind of funny, but whatever. $6,000 is nothing. The probation is kind of a bummer, but also it's probation. So it's, she didn't have, there's no jail time involved. So essentially this is a slap on the wrist. And a lot of people would say, well, why is there a slap on the wrist? If there's, you know, the justice department is largely corrupt. Um, this was a very, you know, biased judge against her. Why, why would this happen uh, in, in, in such like a light way? And this is the reason because both Sydney knowing the justice system is stacked against her, took a slap on the wrist, and the prosecutor had doubts whether they could prosecute her more. So essentially, they did find a middle ground on this, but then it begs the question, if it's just a slap on the wrist, why do it at all? And the reason why is because, again, it is yet the next major distraction during this election cycle, because here's what's happening. If you can keep the eyes on Trump, you will probably win. As many people have talked about in the past, as I've talked about, elections are oftentimes referendums on certain people. This was the case in 2016. Everyone hated Hillary Clinton. They didn't necessarily love Donald Trump. They just hated Hillary Clinton. Unfortunately, in 2020, a lot of people hated Donald Trump and they didn't vote for him. They didn't really love Joe Biden, but Joe Biden is just a dead person. So they were like, well, 
between a dead person and someone I hate, I'm going to take the dead person. Now, the question then becomes, who is the referendum on in 2024? And it's very different because we're looking at two former presidents who are running. One, Donald Trump, who a lot of people have a lot of cause to hate. And Biden, who plenty of people, Democrats and independents including, have a lot to hate. And so I want to look at some general polling that's gone on, and this will kind of illustrate to everyone why Biden needs the eyes on Trump and not on Biden. Here's the evidence. So in seven swing states, these are swing states like Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, 35%, they just did this polling, 35% said they trusted Biden on the economy, while 49% said they trusted Trump. Again, these are the swing states. We don't care about the polling here in my home state of Utah. We don't care about the polling in California. We don't care about the polling in Washington. Those like those are locked in. But there's about seven key swing states. Some could argue that there's a couple more, but those are like the main ones where the polling actually matters there. Because if Trump somehow wins all seven swing states, it's over. And by, and the opposite is true for Biden. But when you have astounding numbers like 35% of voters in these swing states trust Biden and 49%, 14% more trust Trump on the economy, that's when you get into really interesting numbers. So I want to go to 538 really quick. 538, I'm going to pull this graphic up on the screen right now. This is general polling, and they have a couple with DeSantis. We're going to ignore those right now, assuming DeSantis loses because it seems like it'll go that way. This is just for the general election, okay? When you look at the general election, these people were not from specific states that they polled. They're from a variety of states. These are polling from the last four days. You see that in three, on the top three, Biden is winning by one, two, or one poll, or one point, excuse me. Then you see DeSantis, and we go below, there's three more where Trump is winning by three, six, and four. So by these general numbers, it looks pretty even. It looks like Trump might, might have an edge. But again, when you look at the seven key swing states, Trump has a much better chance. If you'd ask voters in, in 2020 those same questions, like who do you trust more on the economy? Who do you trust on the border? Things like that. The answer might have been very different. But today things have shifted because both Trump and Biden actually have history. People actually know how they've governed. And so they can't really change. And, and Biden really does not have time to change courses, nor politically should he, because if he does, then people just see him as a flip-flopper and he will lose that like really core progressive base that he's been pandering to this whole time. And so he runs that risk. So he can't change, but what they can do is distract and they have to distract because if they don't, Donald Trump will definitely win. So the Biden campaign has the job of keeping the eyes on Trump. This is the only way to do it, in my opinion, for Biden to win. And so as in my opinion, what we'll see over the course of the next year is more and more of these indictments, more and more of these charges coming out against Trump and his lawyers, because that is the only chance that they have at this point, especially with the way that the economy is going. But that was just one poll I cited. There are many, many more polls, especially when you look into things like abortion, which tend to be more Democrat favored. They trust uh, Biden like 2% more than Trump on abortion. I mean, they're not big things. But when you go to other big issues like the economy or immigration, they're trusting Donald Trump by 10 to 15 points more in the swing states, that is. 
If you look at it more broadly, it might be even. But again, it doesn't really matter broadly, unfortunately. And so I don't, again, I don't know if it, this is a product of what Donald Trump is doing with his campaign, but it seems like he's being very effective in these swing states. And if he can see swing states, then it's game over for Joe Biden. With that, we're going to move to the funding for others. And this, this honestly goes hand in hand with what we're talking about in the campaigning between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, because the reality is, is most Americans are not okay with what's going on in our foreign policy. If you look at polling right now in those key swing states, people overwhelmingly favor Donald Trump in this foreign policy. And rightly so. He had one of the best foreign policy records of any president in the last four years. But you might have noticed it's kind of Groundhog Day in America. This is, this is how your morning goes. So you wake up. We notice that everything is significantly more expensive than it was before. We hear that crime is up in the main city next to us, or perhaps we live in that city. And then we also know of surging migrants coming from the southern border. This is just every day. This is the news we hear every day. Joe Biden says he's going to fix it. He doesn't do it. Then we turn to the news, and here's what we hear. This is, And I'm going to read it to you because this is exactly what happened this morning. According to NBC, the White House has requested that Congress pass a bill funding Ukraine and Israel $105 billion. Not million dollars, billion dollars. So you're telling me when we have very real problems in this country, and let me be clear, the problems that Israel and Ukraine are dealing with are far worse. They, they totally are. Like they're, they're in wars, way worse than anything America is going through. However, the American president and the American Congress has lo- have loyalty to one person. That is the American people, one group of people. They don't have loyalty to the Israelis. They don't have loyalty to the Ukrainians. And so when you see $105 billion that's being passed for Ukraine and Israel, it makes you scratch your head. What could we do in our country with that kind of money? And I'm not talking about like redistribution of wealth, because that's what Democrats will point to, especially those who are upset about us giving money to Ukraine and Israel, which are few. More upset about Israel, but not so much about Ukraine. I'm not talking about wealth distribution and social welfare. I'm talking about like a border wall and funding police officers so that we don't have crime. How that's getting broken up is $61 billion will go to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and then just nine just kind of spread around. It was kind of un- it was ambiguous, like $9 billion for some humanitarian aid for Gaza, you know, for Hamas and Israel. Uh, just another like great example of how irresponsible the government is with our money. They're like, it's just $9 billion spread around. Um, now, some of the funding would go towards the southern border because you notice that 61, 14, and 9, they don't add up to the 105. And this is the real problem. There is some funding for America in that. And partly because they probably have to because they're probably going to name the bill like saving the border wall. And then $61 billion goes to Ukraine because that's how the Biden administration does it. But... That's the rub. They can't just make a bill. Like imagine they just make a bill for say $2 billion and they're like, hey, this this $2 billion bill is all Southern border related and it's called the Southern Border Protection Bill. Awesome. I think it'd get passed by Republicans, at least. Republicans would be chill with it. More moderate Democrats would be totally cool with it. I think it would pass, honestly. I mean, the Congress would definitely get through. I think even the Senate. It would get through between, you know, Joe Manchin and and these other more moderates. Um, But these huge packages instead are absurd. And what what they have to do is they have to, like, cram all these things into it. 
because you have Republicans that really want the border wall to be solved and, and to be up there. But the Biden administration has this, they're, they're, they love funding their friends in Ukraine. And so instead they want to kind of package deal it instead of just doing one at a time. Basically, we've got to be done funding these useless wars uh, in Ukraine, in Israel. And let me be clear about Israel really quick. In, in my podcast last week, I talked about it. I am totally pro-Israel. And I, I think that, you know, what happened with Hamas is, atro- you know, it's, it's atrocious. And I think that we should help them. But when I say we need to help them, I mean, we as Americans need to help them. American companies can go and do their thing. But militarily, Israel's got it. We've already helped them plenty. They're very capable. It's just that Hamas took them by surprise that day. And and there are things that they're going to have to reckon for in that. They're going to need to strengthen their own border. And uh, there's different talks on why that might have happened that day. But in terms of us sending them money, and, and of course, no one's talking about troops on the ground, but of course I would never be a fan of that. They don't need it. They can do it on their own. And $14 billion is a lot, a lot of money that they don't need, frankly. They're like an independent nation, and they should be treated as an independent nation instead of us just giving people money willy-nilly. So that includes Israel, by the way. The military-industrial complex is choking our economy right now, and I find it very ironic, and this has always been the story for Democrats, but you have a Democrat president who's who's in office right now. Basically what's happening is he's talking about how companies are bleeding the American economy. When in reality, what's happening is, uh, not Donald Trump, excuse me, Joe Biden, Donald Trump honestly did his fair share as well, but not as much as as our past presidents have in Joe Biden, which is that he's trading a good economy for the lower middle class for the rich people in the military industrial complex, the people who are creating the weapons to get richer and richer and richer. And so what you hear on the left all the time is, like Republicans just want to make the rich richer and we want to help the middle class. But the military industrial complex is one of the most sure ways to hurt our economy, our people, which most rich people are going to be able to weather the storm. But this is about the middle class and the lower class hurting that in exchange for these people who are running these weapons, these weapon manufacturers to get richer and richer and richer. It's happening in Ukraine. And you can follow the receipts. Like you can literally see who is lobbying towards the president, who is lobbying towards our congresspeople and our senators. And it is all of these military manufacturers making tons of money off of us sending billions and billions of dollars. Because we say we send billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. But in reality, what we're doing is we're giving billions and billions of dollars to rich people so that they'll send weapons to Ukraine instead of intervening and just ending the war. Now, in connection with that, the only way for any of this to get done is if we have a Speaker of the House. And a lot of people have talked about it as if this is a bad thing that we don't have a Speaker of the House. And today I kind of want to fight that narrative. I'm not so sure that not having a Speaker of the House is a bad thing. I'm kind of a fan. And this is the reason why. My general philosophy is this. It's okay for Republicans to disagree. I've heard from many that this is like a demonstration that the GOP is weak, that, you know, the GOP just doesn't know what's going on, that they're out of touch. But I think that we have gotten away from what is real and what real people are like, which real people just disagree. Real people sometimes are arrogant, like I believe Matt Gates is. 
But here's the thing. You look at Democrats and they agree on everything. You'll hear bickering occasionally on these issues, but when push comes to shove, they all vote the same way. Someone call, gives them a call and they say, hey, you have to vote this way. And they vote unanimously, unanimously every time. Except for just a couple fringe people occasionally, but usually they're in the Senate. They're not even in the Congress. To see Republicans disagree like this shows me that, okay, the Republican Party is not a cult like the Democrat Party is. The progressive cult has completely taken over the Democrat Party, no question. Now, I think there's a lot of mistakes that GOP makes, and I think there's a lot of things that they could do better. But just looking at the way that they're disagreeing, it's clear that not all of them are on the same page and they're not bought by the same people. And I think that is a strength. The cardinal sin of this whole debacle right now is not necessarily that there is no speaker or that they're disagreeing. It's that Gates didn't have a plan after ousting McCarthy, at least not for a while. Now that they're running Jim Jordan, in my opinion, like Jim Jordan is a way better speaker than Kevin McCarthy. So I'm very happy with Jim Jordan. And I think most people are. I mean, you look at, you've got like 20 Congress people who aren't happy with Jim Jordan. I think those people should probably put their pride aside and recognize that if there are 200 Republicans okay with this, they probably ought to be okay with it too. Though the, said, the same could be said for Matt Gates, where there was only eight people who didn't want McCarthy. But either way, I'm kind of a happy camper because here's the deal. People are saying like, Republicans are saying this. I understand if Democrats are saying this, but Republicans should not be saying this, which is we need to get a speaker in the house so we can get work done. Work done? Like in what way? What are you talking about? We have a Democrat president. We have a Democrat Senate. So if you're expecting super conservative bills to be coming out of Congress and actually get passed, you're crazy. The only thing that gets passed out of Congress is bipartisan bills, which are fine. But super conservative bills are not going to be coming out of Congress right now. So the question is, what kind of work are you trying to get done? The $106 billion that go to Ukraine? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that being on a standstill for now. Like, honestly, gridlock is honestly like one of the best things, I think, for America. I think that our system was built for gridlock. And so I think there is an inherent danger to us looking at this situation and saying, we need to speed this process along as much as possible. And the media is as much of a culprit as anyone. The way that they talk about how this is just, oh, the Republicans are so weak. Oh, this is just a nightmare. Like, we can't even get our government together. It's like, no, they're debating it out. They're disagreeing. A lot of Republicans are purposefully doing this. They're drawing this out because they don't want certain things passed. And I look at that and I say, fine. At least nothing is happening rather than something bad happening. And uh, despite the media playing it off in this bad way, I think if more of us look at it this way, our Congress people will feel even more liberated to disagree. And I honestly hope in the future that we don't see just needless unanimity within Congress when debate could happen, especially when you're deciding something as important as the Speaker of the House. I'm totally okay with there being debate and there being holdouts. Again, that's with the caveat that if you're going to disagree with someone, you need to actually have a plan. And that's where I fault Matt Gates and some of these other fringe people is they need to actually have alternatives. And this goes for the 20 people who are holding out on Jim Jordan, by the way. If you're not going to vote for Jim Jordan, you've got to have like a strong alternative. And it can't be a throwaway vote because you have that all the time. You're like, they're like, oh, I'm voting for Kevin McCarthy still. It's like, no, no, no. Kevin McCarthy has said he's not running anymore. Your vote means nothing. That's not a plan. You voting for someone who's not running is not a plan. 
You need to, and, and that, and honestly, those people need to be voted out immediately because our politicians actually do need to think politically. This is war. It's Republicans versus Democrats, 100%. It's progressives versus conservatives. It is war. And you want your warriors to know how to fight. And if they don't know how to fight, which in this, in this instance is thinking politically, they got to go home. They don't deserve to be on the battlefield. They're going to make everyone else weaker. And so, again, no problem with disagreeing. I have no problem with that at all. But you got to disagree with the plan. And if you do that, then, uh, you know, the gridlock is welcome. Bring it in all day. Thanks for watching, as always, guys. That's everything I have for you. Again, go check out Gulag America, especially this new shirt, The Josh Carr Show. I will be donating half of the profits to uh, charities in Israel to help them get up on their feet. Uh, as well as please subscribe down below. Comment what you thought about this video. Leave a like. Share it with your family, friends. I don't know. Put it on a billboard. Thanks, guys.